With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to another Ken 7 podcast with the Owl Arses. My name's Gav Jones. Joining me today is Stephen Eddie Jones and young Paul Moran. Gents, welcome. Um, good game yesterday. It was a vital win. We'll just get straight into it. It was a vital win. Um, Man City slip up with a draw. You kind of couldn't see it coming before the game, but they do. And then all the pressures on us got to get a win. Um, Paul, the game seemed to be uh, in, I think, three halves, uh, three 30-minute segments. The first 30-minute segment was fabulous football. Talk me, talk, talk me through that. It was everything you'd want from the team, to be honest with you, that first 30 minutes. It's how you'd want them to start a game like that against the team that, sort of say, historically dangerous to Liverpool because we always have, used to have results for Palace, you know, the famous 3-3 game type of thing a few years ago that cost us the league in many ways when we were three up and went for goals instead of consolidating on what we did. But the first 30 minutes with the team that was out, which was a fair enough team, but you've obviously lost the two lads to the African Nations Cup and the games you're playing while they're away, you just wanted to get the points, you know, get a couple of goals and the points. The way everyone played around each other and the movements and the passing, and he highlighted it last night on the telly, it was unstoppable for that first 30 minutes. You know, my son messaged me, we're, we're doing absolutely brilliant here. This is brilliant to watch. And then it just seems someone flicked the switch. Mm-hmm. And we went back to them. So, some of the passing, you know, it's, it's, it's I mean, the, the famous one, if you like the famous one, the most obvious one was that ball by Matip across the face of the goal. You know, if, you, if you're talking kids' football, you'd say to a kids' team, well, don't hit it across the face of your own penalty area. But Van Dijk looks, I don't know whether you'd say he looks slow. He, he looked a bit lethargic as well. Yes, he scored the goal, fair enough, but some of his play, he doesn't seem to be getting back with the uh, speed he was. Now, whether it's a COVID-related thing or injury-related, you wouldn't know. And I don't mean an injury now, but whether it's from the injury type of thing he got last season or whether it's COVID. But Matip, some of his passing is brilliant and some of it's just rather he, he hit a happy medium and started just doing 20-yard passes and stopped going on there, uh, you know, trying to whip balls into the centre of the pitch. Then Firmino did it as well. Mm. Now he he does have a bit of habit of picking players out from the other team up to a point where he's trying his little passes, which is all right ten yards outside the penalty area, but he did it in the centre circle and set up another chance for them. It seemed to be that all the chances they were creating were coming from our mistakes, mm. which is the story of the last few weeks. The Leicester game at home, and with a different team out, but the passing seems to be sloppy from time to time. So. Well we'll, we'll 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 just we'll get to that bit. I want to just eulogize a little bit about that first 30 minutes first uh, before we start sort of looking at reasons why we you know why things sort of kind of fell apart. Steve, that um I mean Paul's mentioned it there the passing and the movement was ex- exceptional, you know, there was good interplay, one touch stuff, you know, what did you think? 
I thought the first 30 minutes, Gab, is, is probably as good a 30 minutes as I've ever seen us play. Um, you know, it, it really was a bit special. Um, at one stage, I, I thought to myself, Palace are, are trying to play the ball out from the back, which is what we do. But the players actually aren't good enough to do it. And, and they weren't really getting to the halfway line before we'd closed them down and we were, we were on another sort of attack. I mean, I would expect Palace... I would expect Vieira, who was a magnificent footballer, and as their manager, that's the type of football he wants his teams to play. But I just don't think that they were good enough, good enough to do it. Uh, and as I say, they couldn't get to the halfway line. And I thought to myself, you carry on playing like that, boys, and this is going to be five or six nil. Mm, yeah. and, and it re- really was a bit, a bit special. And then, as you say, so, something just sort of changed and yeah there were sloppy passes and the one from Matip Paul that you mentioned was the one that sticks out in your mind but there was one from from, from Firmino as well um was it complacency on our part I, I, I don't I don't really know but whatever it was it seemed to give Palace more heart and, and what they did they actually stopped playing out from the back and they started going much more direct. Right. And uh, they, they caught our high line out a few times. And, and to be honest with you, I, it, it would have been unbelievable really after the first 30 minutes, but, but they could have easily gone into the break 2-2. Two, two. Mm. Easily gone into the break 2-2 two, two because we got so sloppy and I can't put my finger on, on what caused it. I don't think it was tiredness. I've heard one or two people say it was tired. No, not at that stage of the, of, of, of the game. But it was, for 30 minutes, it was an absolute joy to watch. I mean, the triangles that we were playing were, were, were just quite amazing and, and scored two cracking goals, really. Um, I'm going to persist with my uh, desire to talk about positive stuff because you two have literally just gone negative, even though we've won the game. So I'm going to come to my dad, who is the biggest Virgil van Dijk fan in the country, and I'm going to ask Dad about Virgil van Dijk's goal to keep it on a positive note. We can talk about the negative stuff in a bit. It was a classic, wasn't it? I mean, uh, van Dijk's goal was an absolute classic. He met it so well and actually placed it right in, right in the right part of the, uh, of the goal uh, away from the keeper. So it was great. But just to, to speak about what the other lads are talking about, what I felt was that we played so well we played that passing game really well. We actually should really have been maybe th- at least three or four goals up uh, after half an hour. We had and, seventeen and shots, and uh, we had sorry, we had seven yeah, shots. And I'm just I'm just wondering minutes. whether there was a mental thing where where okay, we've scored two goals, but in fact we've missed a couple of opportunities. In fact, we missed more than a couple of opportunities. I wonder in, in our team did that just sort of come into their their mentality and say, actually we, we missed it. We should be we should be away with this game at the moment. Then the on, put it on the other side. Then you pass it over to Palace, and they've thought to themselves, hey, these you know as well as they're they're playing as well as this team is, they haven't got the two up, the the, the, the normal up front. We've got a chance here if we change our game, and they actually did change the game, and they look a much, a much more sort of positive side to us. And we then we got sloppy because a few passes went astray, didn't it? Then, and I just wonder whether something had crept into their into their minds, our team's minds. Mm. You know, that um, might have happened. Paul Ox scored the second goal, 
Um, he's had two and two now, playing in Mo Salah's position, as as we would know it. Um, he's there's been a, there's been a lot of stuff written about and spoken about Ox over the years that he can't play on our front through, and no one wants to see him up there. But I mean, personally, I just don't think we've seen him enough there. You you need to give someone ten games run to see if they can actually play there. If they're coming in for one game and they don't play well, it could just be that they've not played well. What do, what do you think about Ox's role up there? Did you see things yesterday that were encouraging in terms of being able to use him as a front forward player? Yeah, I did, to be honest. He's one of the players, Ox. I've always liked him. I liked him when he played for Arsenal, you know, as a player. And he's one of the players, as a character, you want him, to, you sort of want him to do well for us. He's not someone you think, well, I'm not bothered if he leaves. He's a player that you want to do well for how he is, you know, how, his, how he is around the place and that. You ever watch these videos of them in training? He's always at the forefront of the, when they're doing stuff, he's always involved in stuff. I just want him to do well, and I thought he plays well up front there yesterday. And the fact of the matter is, the other two have gone away to the African Nations Cup. There's going to be sorry, that's no. not getting cut out. That's getting staying in. I'll, I'll, I've got to go on. I'm on. I'm doing that podcast. I'll see you later. Bye. Sorry, she has to check up on me because I'm old now, so I have to be checked up on every now and again. Make sure. I haven't fell down the stairs or something. <laughs> was that was that oh, the fall? Yourself. Was that the fall? That was phoning you to see if you if you if you're on your ass. That was me, missus. And it's the it's the Irish national, uh, the Italian national anthem on the phone that I've got from the Euros that I put on to annoy people during the Euros. Wow. And I've never took it off. I do apologise for that, everyone. <laughs> uh, poorly prepared. I wasn't prepared. I asked her to come on a minute before we started. I've got to turn my phone on to silence. It's on silent now. Now, you know, with the Ox, back to the Ox uh, quickly, uh, he can play in that position. But, you know, I mean, how old is the Ox now? Is he 31? 30, 31. It's not like you can start telling him to do different things. And he can play that position up front with the other two. But you've got Jota there now as well, who's, you know, not the main man by any means, but he, he does well him as well. You've got the, if you've got another player pushing for that place, because I think Firmino's now gone, if you like, out the front three from that front role into just behind the front two type of role, which I think he's he's better at anyway, personally. I like watching him there anyway. But again, going off the ox, they're not, not talking about what you want to talk about here. Keep going off onto a different subject. It, I'd love to see the ox get a run in the team. I think he could do well. I think, as you say, five, six game run would do him well as well because he's never really had that while he's been at the club. Yeah. You know, he's had some unfortunate injuries, you know, and he's unfortunate that the other three, as they were at the time of uh, Salah, Mane and Firmino, were ahead of him in the packing order. The midfield was strong at the time, you know, it's still strong now. Uh, he just needs to get his games where he can and perform like he did yesterday, largely for the 90 minutes and, you know, keep his place in the team if he can. Now, whether he does or not, it's up to uh, Klopp, obviously, but he certainly done nothing wrong in the games he's played and he made it, what my dad would have called a bit of a shape. Uh, which sometimes he hasn't when he's played, but I think in other times he's known he's back out the team no matter what he does. So you might be feeling at the moment he's got a little bit of a chance with the other two obviously still being away and uh, getting through to the quarterfinals or the last 16, whatever they're in now. So, but then we haven't got a game now, typically enough for two weeks. Steve, um, I... And we, we mentioned it off off air before we started recording, but watching match of the day last night, Jermaine Genesis' lazy uh, summary of, of Liverpool's defending, I, I I feel personally, 
um, basically saying, you know, they need to drop this high line and all that sort of stuff. You know, they get, they get caught out and it's been going on all season. But, you know, surely that's the way we play. There's a reason why we have a goalkeeper who plays as a sweeper. There's a reason why we've got two centre defenders or four centre defenders who are good at defending big spaces who are quick. You know, we, we accept that we're going to concede those one-on-ones. But, you know, at times we don't, we don't do ourselves any favours. What I will say in our defence is we had four offside. We got four offside. Sorry, five offside decisions yesterday, which is the system working. You know, it's not lucky. It's the system working. And with VAR now, you can do that because you know if it's offside, it's offside. If it's not offside, they're going to see it. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Obviously, you touched on it before that we we kind of let them back into the game and we we looked a bit shaky. Do you think there's any any reason to analyse the the back line, the high line, the way we play? Should should we be changing? Should we be going to some some sort of you know deeper block, as it were? If you're going to play a high line, it's always going to be a high risk strategy. Um, you, you you know uh, we've played it brilliantly uh, over the last few uh, over the last few years. Um, I think th- th- there's a couple of things that, that, that come to mind. Uh, Matip is having a little bit of a bubble just just at the minute. You know, the, there's there's quite a few people who would have preferred to see Canate in there uh, yesterday. Uh, I, I'm pretty neutral on that particular one. I think the the, the other thing that, that and this is in the back of my mind and, it, and is worrying me a little bit is, is that in the last couple of games. You could always rely on Virgil to put the afterburners on if your high line was caught out. I mean, he seemed to be able to click into another gear and just overtake and just shepherd uh, the, the attacker out to a part of the pitch which really wasn't dangerous at all. Um, and But he, he just seems to, and I don't know whether it's a lack of fitness, or I don't know whether he, it, it's taken a long time to get over an horrific injury, let, let, let's be honest. But the, the, the afterburners don't seem to be just working. Look, I'm not criticising because you know can how I much just, I love the guy. I just pick you up on that, though? And I mean, this is what Paul was alluding to before. We've seen him do afterburners this season. But in certain yes. situations, and the one yesterday where it was a click where they scored their goal, that's yeah. a lack of awareness. That's not afterburners, and the guy's got to run on him. There's no one catching him. He's running. That I, wasn't quick spe- I wasn't specifically talking about the right. goal that we conceded. Actually, there was there was once against Arsenal where you would have the other night where you would have expected him to be able to just shepherd out, and there was one. There was one yesterday. Um. And, I hope this isn't right, but I'm, I'm, I'm just worrying that he's just lost the, the, the half yard because of the, the injury. I don't know. Look, he's still a Rolls Royce of the centre half, and you know how much I love the guy. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think that put that together with the fact that uh, Joel's having a little bit of a, a wobble and giving the ball away. It's a, a few. A ga- it's it's only a few games, yeah. isn't it? It's been the last two or three games. He's he's not. Yeah. I mean, he, he went off our half time the game before, didn't he? Against Arsenal, uh, Joel Matic with, yeah. with, a, with a suspected yeah. knock. So we'll give him yeah. that. But I do get what you what you're saying. I mean, he, he's been outstanding most of the season, hasn't he, Matic? I mean, he's been at times been better yes. than Mike. Yes, he he, he, he has. Um, and if he can stay fit, you know, we we've got to pers- persist with him. We have got Canate there, you know. Who I mean, when Canate came on against Arsenal, I thought he had a brilliant second half mm. um, on th- on Thursday night. So. Yeah, look, 
you're right. It, th- this is the way we play. We, we play w- w- with a high line. Um, now and again, it will get caught out. Uh, you've just got to accept that that's the way it is. And when we've got a goalkeeper with the ability of Alisson, um, I mean, you, th- that's the way that we are set up to play. So, okay. I mean, just going back to something Paul said there with the Ox, I thought the Ox did well yesterday. Um, I guess the problem that we've got is that we are, I think, going to have the African players back for the next league game, which is a fortnight on Thursday, is it, against Leicester? Um, they, will be back, they will be back for that. Yes, the Ox does need a run of games, but the problem, the conundrum that we're facing at the moment is that given the fact that we're on City shirt tails, um, we, we can't really afford any slip-ups. So I, I have to say that, that once uh, Sadio is back, once Mo's back, I think we, we are going to revert back to that, just hoping that they come back with no injuries, obviously. So, yeah, he does need that run of five, ten games. I, I'm just not sure whether that's a luxury that, that, that we got just at the moment. No, but no, but I think what he offers is an is an alternative which perhaps we didn't have. Certainly on that on that right side, um, he offers an alternative. And what you can do in game, say Sadio's having a bad game, you can move Mo over to the middle, Jota yep. onto the left, and then bring Ox in on the right, and and you've got another option there. Whereas I think certainly amongst most fans that um, the the feeling was that he couldn't play there. And we didn't want to see Ox in the forward line. I've heard many a fan on a podcast say that. Um, so, I mean, what do you think, Dad? Are, you know, are you are you more confident in Ox being in that forward lineup from what you've seen in the last couple of games? I am, but the the problem with the Ox is, is his injuries, isn't it? And when he had a, a longer run in the team, then he just pick up in the past. He's picked up injuries, so worrying that really we've basically used him as somebody who comes in and gets a knock and then he's out for a bit. So it's the consistency. But he, I think I think he's starting to believe in himself a bit more than he than he has been. I think he's he's half been expecting oh, I'm going to get injured here, you know? And he's starting to believe a bit more in himself. So I think you can see that in his play. Yeah. Dad, I'll stick with you. Um, Paul mentioned Diogo Jota there. Um, his form's been outstanding. He's the second highest scorer in the in the league behind Mo Salah, which is outstanding. I think he's he's ex- exceeding all of our expectations of him when we when we signed him. I mean, what 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 what's Diogo Jota brought for you? You know how how good a player do you think he is? I think he's I think he's obviously like everyone else. I think he's a great great player, and he's he's just that bit different because all the all these players are characters, aren't they? They have a they have a character of their own. Just going back to my night, my my uh, uh, Virgil Van Dijk. I mean, when you say that he's lost it, lost something, you've got to remember that Virgil has had COVID. He was off a couple of games with COVID. Now I've got a friend who's got COVID, and he basically can't breathe. Mm. Um, he's struggling to breathe if he walks. You know, he walks 20, 20 yards. Now, it just you just wonder how long, how much that's uh, taken out of him. Also, I think because he scored that great goal in the first, first seven minutes, um, he's he, you know we do play a high line, and he was getting himself up there. I just think maybe he hasn't got 
he hasn't got the, the breath, if you like, to get back as quickly as he was getting back before. Mm-hmm. And that may be due to COVID. Listen, we're all affected by COVID. You know, every one of us uh, in, a, in, in, in our mental in our mental strength. And I just wonder whether that's the COVID has taken a bit out of uh, Virgil uh, than, than we, we're giving him credit for. And yet he does look a little slower. OK. Um, Paul, just going back to the Jota thing, I mean, what other things that I said to my dad, his form this season has been outstanding. What were your expectations of him when he came in and, and, and how is he performing for you? I mean, how do you see him in the in the pecking order almost of, of Liverpool's strikers? Well, again, when he was with Wolves, he was one of them players that you did notice, if you like. You know, he's like, at Wolves, you go back to Wolves now, that Ruben Nevers, you do notice certain players at certain teams. Like years ago, you could name the team, Derby County's team from 1974, and I put the players now, the only ones you say, or I get to realise are the ones who actually stand out in games. And Jossa was certainly one that you'd seen playing, if you know what I mean, and took notice of. Uh, he's come to us, he's offered a totally different thing going forward than I think Salah and Mane do, to be honest. He's he's really, his finishing is unbelievable. You know, the, the goal against Arsenal in the league, when he sat through them on their arses in the yeah. box. You know, it's, as you say, it was a bad back, the left back passed it to him, which did surprise a few of the Arsenal defenders because they weren't expecting it. But the way he left a few of them, found it on the floor there, was really... It was a better goal than people gave it credit for because a lot of people just concentrated on the mistake by the left-back and not how good the actual finish was. Other goals he scored, you know, the one against Everton. It, his goals are all different. Yeah, He's getting headers in, he's getting near-post headers, far-post headers. He's, he's certainly brave. Uh, and his finishing, his finishing is unbelievable. There was a thing on the <laughs> LSU TV, Jota's goals, and it actually stands out that the difference in the finishing how different the goals all are, which is all you can ask for. He, he's certainly done better than you would have dreamed or hoped he would, which is good. You know, I mean, some people come in and don't do stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, again, changing the subject, what you talk about, you go to Minamino, he put in that game against us for Red Bull, he was unbelievable. And now he just looks a bit lightweight to me, but he certainly, more he gets involved. He scored a couple of goals recently, which will do him good as well. And uh, But back to Jota, I think he's uh, he's been a fantastic sign, and he's one that when we were signing him, I think a few people were saying, "You know, who's he? What's he going to bring to the team?" And then I'd like to see what they thought of it now. But certainly, I was happy when we signed. And it's a testament well, to, to how they scout players, isn't it? Using the, the the figures, they've looked at some stats there and seen something in him that perhaps wasn't even obvious to Wolves because Wolves were happy to let him go. Yeah, well, it's 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 how he is again. It's like we said about the Ox before. It's how they are off the pitch as well. It's all very well having the best player in the world playing for you, but if he's a pain in the ass off the pitch, or he doesn't want to do what he's told to do, or he thinks he knows more than the manager, then you've got no chance. And the lads all see, you can see how they are at the end of the games, win or lose, you know, they're all going over to each other. There's no retribution. Even yesterday, there seemed to be a bit of a thing going on at the end. Milner was talking to one at the end. I can't remember who it was. It's like we've won 3-1, it's a vital win, but they were still saying we should have done this better, we yeah, should yeah. have done that better. And that's what you're saying about us three before going on the negative side of thing. It's like that's what you, t- you would hope the players do because you don't want Klopp in there today saying, we've done well in the first 30 minutes there, so that we'll forget that now. You've got to do the game management thing. There's got to be, you know, 
sitting here in the front room talking about it and telling them what to do. But you look at the game management. See, we did it against Everton. We went two up. We were flying. Then you let a daft goal in, 2-1, and then the pressure's on. And it, it changes the mindset of everyone on the pitch. Yeah. As you go from 2-0, 2-1, you say, fucking hell, you know, you change. The other team get the boost. Everton yeah. did it. You know, Everton did it against us. Brighton did it. Brighton come back from 2-0 down. Luckily, Everton and Palace didn't come back. Mm. But, so, you know, the, the way they play now, it, it, they're not going to play like they do for 90 minutes every game. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to accept that this high line is to give them breathing space up to a point because the other team have got to work in behind us. And now and again, they do. But if we play deep all the time, you're just inviting pressure. So yeah. it's what do you do. If we're all lined up on the edge of the penalty area, everyone's going, oh, you can't. You're too deep. You're too deep. And now it's so I We won 3-1. Let a goal in caused basically by a couple of quick... It was like a five-a-side goal we let in yesterday. Yeah. You know, two passes and then he pulls it around the goal. He's nowhere to be seen because he's gone for the first one, which is fair enough. But if you're playing... Again, you were saying before, people are criticising the high line. So then you're too deep in other occasions. So there must be one that I'd love to know where it is on the pitch. There's a perfect line somewhere you should be playing. Presumably it's in between the penalty area and the centre circle is where yeah. you should be. But yeah. other teams don't let you do that because you're sitting yeah. over your head if you're too far back. Yeah. So it's one of them things. It's, 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 you're looking at what's happened and then, not you, it don't mean us. I mean, people are looking last night on Matthew. I turned it off in the end because there was a danger of something getting launched at the telly the way then. <laughs> Richards, I don't know what Richards was on about. He just, I thought he was just like blubbing, like he was just making a noise, like the teacher used to in the Peanuts cartoons. He was just like making a noise that didn't make sense. And Dennis hates Liverpool anyway. He's always Dennis has got a Liverpool. thing about us, and then he's always yeah, he hates... negative. He loves it, and I, 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 I don't think he's got anything really that interesting to say. To be honest with you, Jermaine. No, you ever watch him on the one show? It's, it's the. You know, it's something if you need to go out of a night and you think, oh, I'll stay in, put the one show on. You'll be out the door in five minutes on your bike or going for the walk. Rather, I know you can turn it over, I know it was a bit of an exaggeration, but you know, he's got, he's, he doesn't bring anything to the party, yeah, but I get that. Um, abuse to Liverpool. I want to talk about the penalty, but first of all, before I talk about the penalty, I'm just going to go round you all and I want you to say yes or no whether it was a penalty. Paul? Yes. Steve? No. Dad? It's mine. I think, it, yes, it was. Okay. So, you think it's a penalty, Paul? And my dad thinks it's a penalty. Dad, why do you think it's a penalty? Well, just, I've watched it a few times now. It depends on which angle you watch it from. But what it reminded me of was, you, you know, you know the, um, the Pickford sort of one on, on, on Van Dyke? where he basically took him out. And what he did is the ball went loose. Now, if he hadn't taken if he hadn't taken him out, um, he must have, he might just might have got got at that and scored. So, it, it, I think it, it's, it's, I mean, I don't agree now. I thought it wasn't a penalty, but I don't agree now. It definitely wasn't a penalty. You know, it definitely wasn't a penalty. I mean, if you're saying to me, have you seen worse than that? That hasn't been given as a penalty. Yeah, we have. Yeah, you know, like many, many times. Yeah, I but think now I watched the certain angles. I think it was a penalty. He actually body checked him, and if you remember, that's what Pickford did to Van Dijk. I saw on Twitter this morning the video of a penalty that Everton got where 
he tri- he, he goes over um, Trent, I think it is. Trent going was, out of the way. There's nothing he you can do. He picks Trent on the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. So when you deliberately foul someone with your head, this is an unusual circumstance anyway. But go on. So what, what, go on, Paul. You're, you're desperate to talk about this, I can see. So I'll stay well, with you in a sec. Go on. It's, the, the fact is, mm. he goes with the ball. He beats the defender to the ball. He gets in front of the goalie. He knocks the ball past the goalie. Yeah, now, whether, yeah. the goalie whether he goes towards the goalie or not, the goalie has put himself in a position where Jota can trip over him. Now, the argument about whether he would have the ball or not, it's one that does get on my nerves a bit because the argument is, if he, if he, the people say he wouldn't have got the ball. So, presumably, that means when the ball's going out of play, you can kick the attacker on the basis he wasn't going to get the ball and it's not a foul. Now, the goalie, the goalie's to blame for this. The goalie could have stayed on his feet. He didn't have to do what he did. And it's one of the things, if Harry Kane does it, all the journalists are saying Harry Kane was clever there. He's got a penalty for his team because he's allowed himself to be fouled. If that's the way you want to phrase it, Jossett did well and got himself in a position where the goalie allowed him to trip over him. Now, everyone's done it. Every player in the country's done it. Every player in the world's done it. But the Ferrari about it now is ridiculous. In all honesty, if it's it's 2-1 and they get the same penalty, are you like yet to pen? Like you'd be upset about it, but you'd be wondering why Alisson had gone to ground. Right, so you're, like you're the, saying you'd be wondering more about that than the decision? Yeah, it's like the Pepe Ray one at Old Trafford that time, when we won 4 1 at Old Trafford, they come flying out. Ronaldo kicks the ball out of play and trips over him, fair enough. It's a penalty, everyone knows it's a penalty. This argument that people were putting forward, he did not matter today last night, he's not going to get the ball. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like someone. I was talking to a lad this morning after we walked this morning what the lad said it's like if you took a, got a gun and shot at someone and missed the police don't go it's alright you missed it doesn't matter that you missed if you go in and try and foul oh, him or try and trip him it's a foul it's just it's that. a penalty yeah. and it's because it's us basically you've only got to look at the one yeah. on Jota at Tottenham where he gets assaulted from the back that's a penalty that's not given there's no big fuss about that everyone's just staying dives. Because it's us. Good job it wasn't Salah. Because it'd be on the 10 o'clock news yeah. if it was Salah. Because it's jotted, it's faded into the background a little bit on the news. But it's because it's us. It's not no other reason. It's not because it's not. And people are saying, oh, it, it wouldn't have been a penalty at the other end. How do you know? No one's got... No, you know, you're right. Palace. You're right with that. Totally. Crystal Palace and Crystal Balls. No one knows it's going to be. That's what they're all basing the arguments on, is it wouldn't have been a penalty for anyone else. Which is a complete is ludicrous known yeah. situation. Steve, Steve, you you didn't think it was a pen, a pen, so why? Okay, um, I mean, first of all, I didn't didn't watch match of the day last night. So I, I watched the game live, but I didn't watch match of the day, so I didn't get the benefit of Mister Genius's uh, wisdom on that particular one. I, I think that one of the things that uh, Jota has got which he shares with uh, a couple of his other Portuguese compatriots, is you can either call it shithousery or you can call it cuteness. Uh, I don't really care what you, what you call it. And I, I think, I think that the main thing is if that had been given against us, I'd have been absolutely livid. Um, I mean, he was cute. What he did, 
yeah, maybe the ball was going out of play. I don't, I don't know. I think that's academic, Paul. I totally, totally agree with you on that particular one. But he, he moved into the keeper and he went over the keeper. Look, it's you, you mentioned that game that we played against the Blues behind closed doors last January or whatever it was. That was when Calvert-Lewin, you know, basically ran into Trent. Uh, that went to a VAR check as well. It was actually given uh, first off. And, and the, the, the referee was advised to go and have another look at it and didn't change his mind, which is very, very unusual, uh, by, by, the, by the way. So, um, yeah, look, I wanted the penalty. Should it be a penalty? On balance, no. But I'd have been absolutely livid if it was, if it was against, against us. Sometimes you get a break. And we got a break on that one yesterday. And I'm delighted that we got a break. But if if you're going to give penalties for that, you're going to basically, yeah, ask for players to do a Harry Kane. Harry Kane would have done exactly the same. And I think that the, there was an incident, and I think Carriers was in goal, uh, a home game where it was 1-1, I think, at the time. And he got a late penalty on that one and basically just... just dived over the keeper, mm. effectively. But yet there was contact. So if the, the, the rule on a penalty is going to be if there's any contact, then that is a, the, then that is a penalty. Yes, I, I guess it is a penalty. But I'd, I'd have been, if we were having this podcast this morning and that had have happened against us, we'd have all been up in arms about it, frankly. Rightly, rightly so. I but, I so think. where do you stand, Gav? I'm interested on you because I'm outnumbered. I'm outvoted here. I am Switzerland. Um, I, oh, well, you've, got, <laughs> you've got all the nasty gold, haven't you? Yeah? No, no, no. no um, I, I honestly didn't think it... I thought it was a pen when I first saw it. When I saw it back, I didn't think it was a pen. And my, my initial thought was if that was against us, I'd have been fuming, I think. I can see why he's give it. But I think if it was against us, I'd have been fuming. But listen, we we move on. It's 3-1. We've won the game. You know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's not affected the result really, has it? So, um, we Do you know, interestingly away. enough, though, Gav, you said at the time when you saw it first off, you thought penalty. When I thought, saw it first off, the thought of a penalty didn't even cross my mind. Right. You yeah. know, and then I thought, oh, hang on, they're going to have a look at this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and we got it, and I'm glad that we got yeah, it. Yeah, we got it. And anyway, look, look, we we still had, we were still two one up at that stage. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk quickly before I let you go, broad more broadly about the league. Um, now that we've gone through the game, um, we're second, nine points behind City with a game in hand. I think we're two goals behind them. They've got forty one, and we've got thirty nine. Um, Paul, I'll uh, I'll come to you. What? Do you think we can still do this? And what what do you... I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming you don't want us to give up, which none of us do. So let's put that to bed. But do you think... Do you see anything, anything in City's performances at the moment? Because we need them to slip up. There's nothing we can do other than win our games and we do need some help from them. Do you see anything in City that makes you think that that's a possibility? Well, you've only got to look at Saturday's results. You thought they'd go 1-1 at Southampton. You know, all right, you watched the game, watched a bit of it. People went out and City were knocking the ball around and Southampton were chasing after the ball. But it's 1 1. It's not a team, you know, if, if Chelsea go, like, uh, sorry, if City goes to Tottenham away and draw 1 1, you think, well, that's 
not an unusual result, if you like, although it is the way Tottenham are playing well at the ball. What I'm saying is, going to South, if, if, if City went to Burnley and drew, you'd say it was a shock result. Going to Southampton and drawing, because don't forget, at Christmas, when we got beat by Leicester, again, not us, what other people are saying, City, that's the, the league over. It's not over. It wasn't over then, and it's not over now, and it's much closer now. Because City, and it's not Man City's fault, when they, when we got beat by Leicester on the day after Boxing Day, they were they weren't going to lose another point. They weren't going to let a goal in or lose another point all season. You just throw myself at them. In this league, it's like us playing yesterday. If we did do one-one yesterday, you'd have gone. That's a crap result, but it wouldn't be a massive surprise type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Away games in the league are hard, and you, you can't guarantee City are going to win every game. Some people threw the uh, white towel, uh, the white flag up at Christmas. I certainly didn't. And now you go to City and beat them. Three points behind them if you win the game. And hands all lives and butts again. Oh, yeah, yeah, but of that's, course. That's the count for City winning every game. Yeah. You know, City, City you'd say the City are going to win every game at Christmas. They're going to, that's it, finished now. January the 24th or whatever it is, they've drawn against Southampton. And we can get to within three points of them with the right results. Dad. So, I'm going to take you back to, uh, I don't know what year, probably Steve would be able to tell me this, but Liverpool uh, in January were 12 points behind in the 80s and ended up winning the league. Do you, uh, do you remember that? Steve will tell us when that we, year was. We, we, we lost the game against Manchester City on Boxing Day, 3-1 at home. And I think that left us in 12th place or something, 13th place, and we went on a run and won the league. It was round about 79, I'd guess, something like that. Was it 12 wins and one draw or something? 11 wins and one I, I, draw? Steve, it was, Steve, 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 it, was a, it was 81 because Bruce was in was goal it? against uh, That's right. So yeah. it could have been 79 on that basis. It was 80-81. Was. It was 81-82 because it was Bruce's first season. It was Boxing Day 81 that we got beat by City. And then... We went on the run and won it in a... It was 81-82. But only because but no, Bruce was in goal against City, so it was definitely early 80s. Dad, Dad, yeah, and, and I actually remember, Ed, we had a party at your house on the boxing night and it was the, the atmosphere was horrible. Do you remember that, Dad? And do you remember at that time that party in particular? I don't know whether you remember the party, but do you remember <laughs> feeling like, well, we're out of it this year and, you know, we might as well just forget about it this year? I, yeah, but also what I've realised now is that is that you know nothing's over until it's over. We we can we can we can see that, and City look as if they could be they can win every game. But then this Premier Premiership division now is a different kettle of fish. Even some of the, the um, if you say like the, the smaller clubs, apart from Everton, um, can come up with a result and. Um, so anything can happen. So we've got to keep plugging away as well as we can, getting the best results we can. So, so if City do do slip up, we've got a chance. Yeah, Steve, Steve do, you, do you agree with that? We're not out of it. But I think what you have to consider, Ed, you've just sort of touched on it, I think. I think that we're heading for a points total of somewhere between 80 and 85 points this season. Times have changed with the Premier League. Uh, 85 points would have been good enough to win the league only once in the last 10 years. 
yeah. and that that was the year that Leicester won it with I think eight, eight, eighty one points. But interestingly enough, if you, if you wind it back to the start of the Premier League, to the, a thirty eight game Premier League, it actually would have won the league five out of six times. Right. And and the bar has just been raised so far now that you would but, say eighty to eighty five points you, you, is unlikely to to win the league. Uh, having said that. I think the first thing to say is to have a sniff, you've got to beat City at their place. Yeah. We, you know, that is a real six-pointer. Is, is draw no got, good? No. I don't, you don't, I don't think so. And, and I think in the other 15 games that we've still, we've, uh, still got to play, incidentally, nine, are, nine of them are at home and seven away. So you, you could argue that that's in our favour. Although our away form seems to be as good as almost as our, as our home form. Um, all we can do is is concentrate on the next game, which is Leicester in two and a bit week, weeks' time. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a fully fit squad. Hopefully, the three African players will come back without any injuries. Um, and it's never over till it's over. But you've got to say that statistically, it's it's possible. It's, it's unlikely. But we we've got to be near perfect. I think the crucial thing is, yeah, we have got to be near perfect. It's the effect you would have on have on the mentality of Man City mm-hmm. if you beat them in their in their yard. Yeah, and you paid yeah, them, and, back and it worked points. the other way around a, a few seasons ago, didn't it? Yeah. We had the little wobble, and they 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 sort of reeled us in towards the end. Yeah. So so hey, we're not, we're, we don't give up. We don't give up, and I don't think Jurgen will be telling our players that that, uh, that this is all over, uh, and they've just got to believe. Mm. Do you agree with that, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be annoyed if anyone of the certainly anyone in the hierarchy at Liverpool were talking about let's go for second, let's go for the top, because as you say, three points from the game and hand, three points against City, you're three points behind them. It's one game. Mm. So you certainly be drawn at City, it's still six points then. So. And you look at them to drop points in two games. It's it's, it's all, it's th- it's what these things are made of, isn't it? It's all talking about what might and might not happen. Uh, you just got to keep going. Everyone, everyone in the league has, you know, everyone's got to get as many points as they can, and then see where they finish at the end of the season. We have to, that's the whole point of the tournament. So you can, yeah. I know you, but having said, you know, teams who are going to win it, if, if you're going to try and win it, you've got to be in the, you've got to be either us or Man City. At the moment, so we're one of the two teams in it, so that'll do for me. I wish there was only one team in it, but if the two two teams in it, then I'm glad we're one of the two. Lovely. Um, I was going to end, but I've just thought maybe we should just have like a little five minute laugh at Everton. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, Dun- it's very sad in a way because Duncan obviously thought on there. Well, if you want to really annoy them, call him Fergie. Call Duncan Ferguson Fergie because that absolutely irritates the life out of them. Brilliant. Just call, just call him Fergie on everything you do on tweets, Facebook, even on this. Just say well, we don't think Fergie could do a good job there. Well, I think so, it's interesting that he's not. It doesn't look like he's going to be given a, any sort of time to actually do the job because they're interviewing for people now. Who? Who are the interviewing? I think, it, right, there's a guy called, I've just seen on Twitter this morning, there's a guy called Vitor someone who is either Portuguese or Brazilian or whatever. So that he's coming right. over for an interview. Oh, great. I think he got sacked by Galatasaray or something like that. And he spent a load of time in China and, and all that. 
Well, but he's got the qualifications then. Well, there you go. <laughs> Do you know, do you know one, thing that, one thing that does intrigue me about it, and it's not to do with the football, it's the off-pitch stuff, really, uh, Gav. I mean, there was a story at the end of last week, and, and a number of Blues all seem to think that, that Mashiri has put £100 million into the club. What he's done, he's actually converted debt to equity. So there's, there's no actual money that's gone into the club. Um, what he's, he, he had a loan in there for more than 100 million, but he's converted 100 million of it into equity. What you would normally, that would normally happen in circumstances where a bank is not happy with the capital structure of the, of the club and is saying that debt to Mashiri now needs to be converted into, into equity. The difference being you can actually take a director's loan out, whereas once it's converted into share capital, it's you can take it out, but it's it's very difficult to take it out. Now, two things come to mind uh, for me. It's either the banks are very very nervous about the financial position of the club, or it's been asked for because people whoever is in, I don't think they've sorted it out, but whoever is going to pr- provide finance for Bramley Moore, right, is insisted that they actually reduce the debt of the club before they'll they'll agree any finance. So uh, it, it's quite intriguing. But one thing that hasn't happened is Everton haven't got £100 million to spend. Well, they spent quite a few quid prior to last season, didn't they? They were the top spenders um, as far as... Oh, they've spent, like, they've, spend they've, spend, they've spent gross £500 million yeah, in, the yeah, last, yeah. So in the last few seasons. He, has he put that in or where, where have they got that from? Well, I think some of it will be borrowing and some of it will be the director's loans that he's put in. He's, he's now got 94% of the equity of, right. of, of, of the club, you know, so he's the absolute dominant shareholder. Um, interestingly enough, he's cancelled any requirement for an AGM as well, which is very sort of strange move. Okay. Didn't we have the AGM on Saturday after the game outside the ground? <laughs> <Look, Henry. laughs> I saw the footage of that. The ball, I thought that was yeah. the AGM. Imagine being to that woman, either woman on it. Oh my god! Imagine being married to that, having to go home and say she's shouting at Bill Kenwright. She doesn't even know him. Whatever. It just strikes me that the, the, the whole entity of Everton Football Club is just in an absolute mess. Well, how are they? How are they paying for the new stadium? Well, that, that's the other thing because the, 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 what's happened is machinery has actually agreed to fund the enabling works, which is basically digging sand out the Mersey and, and dumping it in Bramley Moor. You know? um, but once that is over, the actual construction of it, there's, there's no finance in place. So, so I, you, I just don't know how they're going to do hang, it. Hang on a minute. You're telling me that there's a possibility that the, the, the enabling works get finished and then nothing happens after that. Well, in the absence of funding, and, and, and you're talking, you're not talking about a few shillings here. You're, you're talking about potentially five hundred million pounds. Wouldn't they have that in place build? before they started the enabling work? Surely. Well, any 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 company that, that actually knew what it was doing would do that. But you, you just don't know with Everton Football Club. That's astounding. I didn't think that was in question. I just assumed. Yeah. Mashiri was either providing a, a very low interest rate loan or something and 
and and they were doing it on that basis, you know? You, you, it's difficult to tell what's happening, but my understanding is that they haven't secured funding to 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 fund the build. Well, someone moved the traffic home, didn't they, on Saturday? There's a traffic home by the Bramley Mordor, and it moves about a bit, and that's part of the stadium rebuild. It's, the traffic home moving counts as the stadium's in progress. Yeah, so the, it, it's a blue and white traffic cone. It's not, it's orange and white. Is it orange and white? It's orange and white. You can just see, you can just see drone, drone footage going across, going there. Is the, there's the cone there. It's moved four feet to the it's left. The cone, yeah. it's, there's, there's some Liverpool lads, they take pictures of it and put it on Twitter. The cones move. They move it and take pictures of it all thumbs up Brilliant. and that the cones move. Brilliant. That's all that happens. There's a cone that moves about a little bit and there's a lot of sand. That's hilarious. It's, well, it's just in, it, intriguing what, how they're going to do it. I, I, I can't work I it out. I thought we were going to have a laugh at Evan, and it got very technical there from Steve and all I'm financial. It's it, 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 I do feel a little bit bad for Rafa that he's he's had the whole season and he struggled without a striker and then Calvert-Lewin comes back and after the first game that Calvert-Lewin gets back, he, he gets sacked. Because he would have benefited greatly from mm. Calvert-Lewin playing all season. He, they wouldn't be where they are now, let's be honest. I think Rafa at Everton was a disaster waiting to happen, yeah. wasn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Of course. Wasn't really happy with him going there, were you? Uh, you know. Yeah. But what I want is I want I want the manager, the new manager of, uh, of the Blues, to be Wayne Rooney. That's what I want because he'd be able to do is it it's play doh or something like that and show the players how to move with play doh. Or, or, that's what Gromit is, isn't it, Eddie? Hey, well, that's what Gromit to play though. <laughs> How would he talk to players? He can't talk to himself. Dad, you say say that, but he's there having lost 10 points at the beginning of the season, Derby. They are playing that. Well, I don't know what the run that they're on at the moment is, but they're about to get out of the relegation zone, even with a 10-point reduction. It's twenty-one point reduction, actually. Yeah, with a twenty-one yeah. point yeah. reduction, it was nine and twelve, wasn't it? They yeah. are about to get out of the relegation zone. He's won that many points, so you say it's that, this. and I do agree. I understand why you're saying it, but I think the, the the thing is, he's doing really, really well at Derby. So, oh, good, because he, then he'll end up at, at, at Goodison Park, which will be marvelous. Or is it or Bramley Moor? Well. Not yet. Um, but, yeah. Will he have to wear swim trunks? <laughs> <laughs> he'd need a bucket and spade. <laughs> he could do some sandcastles and build a ground. That's right, yeah. Right. I mean, if ever he'd be good at that. Rooney would be good at that. If ever there's a manager's graveyard, it's Evan. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, um, of course. I don't know why anyone would want to go there, frankly, but... Gents, I'm going to um, I'm going to wrap this up, but thanks for your time. Um, appreciate it. You look after yourselves and make sure you're all boosted and all that sort of caper. Um, if you're watching this on on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and like the video and uh, give us a little share on your social media pages so other people can see it. Gents, thanks very much, and we'll uh, we'll see. Bye, you bye, lads. In a in a bit. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.